Welcome and welcome to the Inside Line F1 podcast. That's two welcomes in a row. That just made it three. The point is, we have to talk about George Russell. We will do that in a second. But we firstly have to go to the elephant in the room. The decision that's been creating all the headlines and stirring up the pot of controversy. The moment that could change the course of Max Verstappen's Formula 1 legacy. The moment that could absolutely mark the beginning of the end of a peaceful environment at Red Bull Racing. Of course, Kunal. We're talking about why Max Verstappen went for mediums in the sprint. Why did he do that? What were his reasons? I, I can't understand. It's been causing all the controversy in the world. Yeah, there's this one little thing with Sergio Perez that also might have happened at the end. We'll we'll get to it. But I just can't figure out why he went for the mediums at the end. I, I'm still scratching my head about it. Well, you're scratching your beard, firstly, as I can see it. But the... I mean, for me, are we are we recording? Are we racing, or are we taking the one, two, three? To me, that was also a very controversial message, right? George Russell being like, "Guys, let's protect the one, two. Let me not lay, let me not race Lewis Hamilton. Let me not race the greatest of all time, Lewis Hamilton." You know, he says that several times, especially when he sort of finished ahead of Lewis. But oh my goodness. There was Max Verstappen on one end. There was George Russell on the other. Then there was Charles Leclerc at, you know, one place. And then there was Fernando Alonso in another. And Lance was taking a stroll or making others take a stroll uh, on on the green side of the tarmac. And I don't even know. I mean, and wait a minute. Suddenly, what happens in Monaco doesn't stay in Monaco. It actually comes back to bite you in Brazil of all the places, right? So this is going to be a three-hour-long episode on the Inside Line F1 podcast. And, you know, I know F1 stats guru Sundaram is waiting out there, giving us some of his best stats. But this is the time to have our best banter. I mean, Max Verstappen had the cheapest way to win or to to invest more in Checo Perez's loyalty towards his world championships, right? P6 in a random race after everything has been sealed. But Max said, no way. We need to have banter on the Inside Line F1 podcast. So I'm not going to let Checo Perez through. And that's what happened. <laughs> I can't believe it. But actually, let's get to working on this. I just can't figure out. I've been thinking for the last... Day, I think, at this stage right now, just what could his reasons possibly be? I've come up with a potential list of ideas, and Sundaram, I want to know what you have in mind for this as well. But maybe his religion of racing's dogmas claim that on days when the sun rises on the east, a true practitioner of the Verstappen religion of racing just does not let a car go past. That could be one. The other could be the fact that he thinks that Sergio Perez hasn't been a good enough teammate. Maybe he was expecting Sergio Perez to just go cannonball all the way in, do what Valtteri Bottas did in Hungary last year, and take every car out in the sprint so that Max Verstappen could win and start on pole once again. So, what do you reckon, Sundaran? Just why could he have not let him pass? What could it have possibly been? You know, it's been 18 hours after the race, and I've really been trying to wrap my head around this. And and to be honest, okay, you've, you've come up with some very interesting, you know, suggestions or reasons as to why he could have done that. But I have absolutely zero, <laughs> zero um, thoughts as to why, I mean, on what is a justifiable reason that, that he's done it. I'm absolutely blank. And and, and if, if you're bringing back Monaco, then, yeah, I, I think that that was, what, 10, 12 races ago. And I think it should have been done and dusted. He should have been really past it. So I really have really... Zero or justifiable reasons to for that. 
I'm going to bring back Mexico 2021. The Mercedes is on the front row. Max Verstappen starting P3. I think Bottas was on pole position. All Bottas had to do was hold off Max and let Lewis buy. But guess what Bottas did? He actually blocked Lewis and let Max buy. Of course, depends how you see it. But Max got that super long slingshot. And then from the outside, he overtook both the Mercedes. And then, you know, Max was in the lead of the race. Imagine if Checo Perez, at such a crucial moment in 23 or in 24, decides to not let Max get, you know, priority or not let Max get by, what will happen? But, you know, guess what? That's Max Verstappen. Maybe he believes he can win these titles all by himself. And cheeky statement from Checo Perez, you know, he said Max has won these two titles because of me. I mean, there is some gravitas to this. Of course, it's Max's talent, superiority, etc. But last year, several moments. I mean, Abu Dhabi, we remember he was driving at Formula 3 pace, you know, when Lewis Hamilton came up to try and overtake him. Uh, I think it was even in Turkey last year. And ESPN has come up with this full list of things, you know, Baku last year, including this year. I mean, yes, it's been a walk in the park. But let's remember every time Max has not been capable of taking a win for whatever reason. Checo has gone and taken the win and not let, uh, you know, Leclerc or Ferrari claim wins. So it is teamwork that has got Verstappen his wins. It is teamwork that Red Bull are right in expecting as well. But like I said, you know, what happens in Monaco comes up to bike Checo Perez in Brazil because there was these rumors about, you know, the after party and him having some misbehavior there, which probably has cost him some peace at home. And now his misbehavior in qualifying on Saturday has cost him some peace in Red Bull racing. But, you know, it's not that I'm trying to paint Checo Perez differently, but let's remember this. Uh, Japan was when Max Verstappen won the Drivers' Championship, the next race in Austin. Uh, we saw Red Bull Racing win the Constructors' Championship. Now, what has happened in the two races after that? Out of the blue, at least for me, out of the blue, in Mexico, Max said, I'm not talking to Sky Sports. That's it. You know, there's been one person disrespectful, whatever. So there was one thing off-track controversy in, in, in Mexico. What happened in Brazil? I will not support Checo Perez. So he's basically used these two weekends to get even with people who he thinks he needs to get even with. I don't know who he's going to get even with in Abu Dhabi. Could it be us? Could it be Michael Masi? Could it be Daniel Ricciardo? I don't know. I mean, that's just what Max is out with an agenda. I mean, as fantastic a talent he is, uh, you know, it's, it's like, corporate PR suicide, as you'd call it. He's done personal PR suicide, but maybe he doesn't need the PR. Maybe he just wants to win everything he can, just go home and say, I won everything I could. I don't know. <laughs> wow, Sundaram, that's, that's petty, isn't it? You know, if you remember, Verstappen had this little incident with, with Charles Leclerc from his junior days, and I wonder if he's really gotten back um, to Charles Leclerc, or, or was it already done in 2019 Austria? If it's not been done, then I think Leclerc should really be worried about that in the next race or in the coming races. Because I, I don't know, Verstappen has a little notebook and he keeps note of all the little incidents that other drivers have, have done against him. There's an Esteban Ocon as well. So I'm not really. <laughs> I don't even know if he has a little notebook, and he keeps note of all those things. The hit list of something, Kunal. Yes.
It is. And can you imagine? It's Ted's notebook that he has a problem with. But here is Verstappen's <laughs> notebook that he, everybody sort of seems to not want to get onto. And I know the Netherlands is a massive market for us, top three listener markets, guys. We love Max's talent for what it is. Absolutely phenomenal, once-in-a-lifetime generational talent. But yesterday was a very cheap shot in in our view. We are just calling it as that. So if you like us or you don't, leave us a good rating because that's what you know these <laughs> uh, these uh, apps uh, and you know podcasting platforms uh, you know and their algorithms like. I mean, it's the same thing, right? You don't like what Max Verstappen did to to Perez yesterday, but you'll still go out and support him. So go out and support us in on all these platforms. Oh my goodness, <laughs> this was quite something. But the way I can look at it this way is that he's the fastest kid in the world. I don't want to elaborate on that statement. I think it speaks for itself. But I'm just confused about this whole thing. Uh, I think we're at that stage of the episode where we should talk about George Russell and how good he was. Poor George gets on ignored, uh, gets on me ignored all the time once again. But for a second, who controls the management over here? Is it the drivers? Is it the management at Red Bull Racing? Do the inmates run the asylum now? That's a weird way of managing a team, right? Of course, it works because... There's only one number one Max Verstappen over there. But I, I want to see how this dynamic plays out eventually. But to George Russell, 11 minutes into the episode, we haven't spoken about him. It's just that sort of weekend, I suppose, right? Whenever something really exciting happens to George Russell, there's something even more exciting happening in the race weekend. Let's say Spa, say Hungary last year as well, when he scored his points with Williams. Something crazy tends to happen all the time. But when you think about all that's gone on over the course of the last four years, Sundaram, it, it feels like a great moment to see the circle come close, especially after Sakhir 2020. Yes, the emotions might have been sapped away by the whole controversy, but when you come to think of it, what a moment this has to be at the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a huge moment for Formula 1 and it's a huge moment for George Russell personally. And I always think that whenever we have a new pole sitter, whenever we have a new race winner, uh, I think they should be the people who should really be hogging the limelight because... In, in this generation where you don't really see a lot of different race winners or pole sitters and you finally do have one, I think they should be at the very front of it. And Max Verstappen's controversy has literally t- stolen Russell's thunder and on all, all over the internet, Instagram, Twitter, there's only talk about what Verstappen did and, and what Sergio Perez responded to that. So that's a bit unfortunate for, for George Russell and you could literally see the emotions that he had after winning the race if you you remember I think it was 2021 Hungary where he was literally in tears after taking his first points with Williams and that's what it really meant to him taking those first points with Williams because for the previous two years they were literally struggling at the back so um, he, he really has spent three years at Williams and then he's moved to Mercedes and these little things really really matter to him when he started from the front row when he started from pole position and you could also see it in the drive to survive, uh, survive episodes when Toto Wolf announces that Russell is going to be a part of Mercedes that that little smile on his face that uh, when, when a little kid you know gets a little piece of candy how how uh, jovial or how happy he gets that's very 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 nice to see and what we saw yesterday was a very wholesome uh, thing at the end of the race that we saw guys i promise you that's the maximum airtime we are giving george russell for what he did because <laughs> you know yes epic drive mercedes's first win it's been long coming since austin you know last year we'll remember them for their silverstone upgrades this year it's the austin upgrade that's you know put them in contention uh for the last three races 
uh, it took them two races of being in serious contention and winning the third one. And that's a really good strike rate, if you were to ask me. But um, one insight which Andrew Shovlin gave before I sort of move on to some of the other points that I've written down, I'm still sticking on to banter, okay? Andrew Shovlin made a very interesting point. He said, there was a very narrow window to get our setup right for the weekend because remember there was just FP1 qualifying. FP2 where it was actually not free practice because your setup was still fixed. Your cars were uh, you know, not allowed to be changed. Then there was sprint and then there was a race, right? So Mercedes believed that it was their hard work and their, their homework leading into FP1 that allowed them to get a setup which gave them better tire degradation than Red Bull and, and Ferrari. You know, and that's probably why they were so good. Yes, the temperature was cooler, but, uh, you know, and so on. But it's not just one thing. There's certain smaller factors that sort of fell into place out here. So that was, that was about George Russell and Mercedes. Very interesting insight uh, there. But this whole controversy has also, you know, sort of put a few things away, like Ferrari putting Charles Leclerc on inters in Q3 and then praying for the rain. And then when he says, but guys, there's no rain, pop comes a reply saying, but it's raining at turn 12. Uh, you know, often forgetting <laughs> that there are 15 corners on the circuit, right, where the inters need to work and not just turn 12. And then there were so many teammate battles this weekend. I mean, the Alpines had an issue. Aston Martins had an issue. Ferrari had an issue. Red Bull had an issue. I mean, just so many teammates just battling each other out there. Lando Norris, he had uh, ill health. You know, he was almost going to give Nick DeFries the chance to drive for another team, but that didn't happen. He, eventually, McLaren had a double DNF, but Norris and Leclerc came together very you know, not, not, I mean, it's usually a very clean racing pair that we know, right? And promptly, Norris came to wire play after, after the accident or after the race, and he says, Leclerc was on the outside. He was taking all the risk. I don't know why I end up getting the penalty, right? And then, last of all, the best of all, and I know this is what will get F1 stats crew charged up, Fernando Alonso's charge through the field uh, you know, in the Grand Prix from, what is it, P17, P16 to P5. So it's like, a, you know, the Brazilian Grand Prix was like, it was like a treat to us saying, here you go, content creators. Yes, the titles have been wrapped up. Here we give you one race with so many talking points that you will struggle to pick that one big talking point from the weekend. Can I say something? If if you consider the the weekend as a whole, this was the ideal race weekend for a Formula One fan because you had literally everything there. You had a maiden pole sitter, a maiden race winner, an underdog story. You had rain. You had teammates battling it out. You had champions battling it out. And there's a lot of controversy as well. So I think this was the ideal race weekend for, for a Formula One fan. Can we race in Brazil more often? Maybe sprint yeah. races, reverse races, something? <laughs> Seriously. Seriously, and plus we also need to take that idea of having a former world champion's giant head placed near the circuit as well. Because the day Fernando Alonso retires, again, I want to see a giant Fernando Alonso bust at the Catalonia circuit. Maybe atop the hill behind the paddock. That'll be amazing to watch, right? Whenever you're making a move and you're thinking, wow, that was a good one. There's a giant Fernando Alonso smiling at you and saying, eh, no, silly boys, that's not good enough. Something like that. It's, it's amazing, though, how they decorated the circuit. They had this giant statue the murals were amazing it felt amazing with the atmosphere too because there were so many fans and 
Speaking of more randomness, Kevin Magnuson apparently was stranded in the middle of the circuit as well, Kunal. And that just adds to the crazier things that we also saw this weekend. Because after his crash with Ricardo, apparently he was stranded at the wrong side of the infield. And so he had to wait for a long time. So he watched the race in this in the third best seat of the house, essentially. Not the PTM inside a live watch along with Peter Winston that we had yesterday. But in the infield watching the cars go past, which is still pretty fun. But not so much when you could be participating in it. What a crazy weekend for him, even though. But that pole position was magic. You know, this this race, I, I love characters like Kevin Magnussen, you know, including Max Verstappen. I mean, usually you'll have drivers like PR, corporate PR robot, you know, they're told what to say. But Kevin making faces at the camera on the world feed, showing all that excitement for his first pole position. And remember, this is his second comeback to Formula One, literally, and he's He's relishing it. He's grateful about it. It was unfortunate the whole story ended the way it did on on lap one, but that's just a harsh story. It's always full of so many ups and downs that you somehow believe that they have no baseline, so to say. But, you know, uh, there are two, two more things. I mean, Leclerc literally begging for that place on the podium. I, I felt really bad for him, not because he was made to beg, because apparently the Ferrari team had agreed in the debrief that they would swap around and help Leclerc take more points away from Checo Perez, right? But the fact that he needed to keep going and keep going, and then he was told there were many reasons that we didn't let you go. And he's like, I don't understand those reasons. But anyway, thank you, whatever. This was his post-race radio, right? But this is where I remembered somebody like a Kimi Raikkonen, where Kimi used to walk around and say, instead of finishing third in the championship, I'd rather finish fourth so that I can skip attending the FIA prize gala in Paris in December. I can just be at home with the family, right? So there's Raikkonen on one side and then there is Leclerc and, and the likes on the other side. But here's, here's, here's an interesting thing. With the whole situation with Stappen not letting Perez through and, you know, Charles not uh, being given position by Carlos Sainz, they go equal on points uh, into Abu Dhabi, which is great for the business of Formula One because Abu Dhabi pays more money to be the last race of the season, hoping that it gets a title decider uh, every year or as many years as possible. So instead of getting a title decider this year, they will now have uh, a, a P2 deciding race uh, in in a few days' time. So some worth for their money. And, uh, you know, if you don't get battle for P1, you at least will witness an epic battle for P2 where the drivers are now, you know, being told, yes, your your teammates will assist you in getting P2 in the championship. And maybe even P2 in the World Constructors' Championship because that's getting awfully close as well, Sundaram. Because Mercedes after this weekend have got into, what, a really good range? What is it, 14 points behind? That that could really change, right, very quickly? Yeah, I think it's 19 points. They're just 19 points behind behind Ferrari right now. And that literally means one a, a couple of podiums could literally catapult them into second. And that's something that Ferrari really, really don't want to see uh, at this point. So... Uh, it's going to be very, very spicy, I would say. And also on the point of Sergio Perez, Perez and Leclerc are equal on points. But if both of them retire from the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, it'll actually be Leclerc who gets second because he has, by virtue of having more wins this season than Perez. So Perez literally has to get more points than Leclerc at Abu Dhabi. And that'll be fun to watch. And hopefully watching Max Verstappen assist him will also be very, very interesting at the end of the day as well. I'm actually keen to see how that happened. But... What I want to talk about also, folks, is Yuki Sonoda's weird little 
crazy incident where he got lost in the middle of the pack and then there was confusion about oh, whether is he lapped or is he unlapped? Is it Abu Dhabi 2021 all over again? Sundaram, I, I suspect that you're the only one of us three who actually figured out what actually happened. I've said actually a lot. I need to keep that in mind. I, I won't do that again. Sorry. But uh, Yuki Sonora weirdly was, correct me if I'm wrong over here, unlapped according to the systems, but not actually lapped. So the system said, okay, you can go ahead. But actually, he was not in terms of the real playing field ahead. So he got caught up in the middle of all the faster cars. So he had to move to the left and abandon everyone and let them go past. Was, was that what happened? You know, this is a very confusing thing because even after reading a couple of articles, I still couldn't understand it. But I think you know, I know what it is. And it's down to how the configuration of the Interlagos circuit is. So the fact is, Sonoda was behind Russell when the safety car was deployed. And Sonoda then decided to go into the pits. And because of that, he actually crossed the control line before the safety car and George Russell actually in the pit lane. And the automated FIA system, it actually indicated that Sonoda has actually unlapped himself uh, on that lap. And by the time Sonoda was back on the track after exiting it, he was once again in, into the whole pack once again. So there was a little bit of confusion on how the system was implemented. And I think every few races this year, we're, we're getting to know that the regulations are there, but they're probably not foolproof. And it's a little bit more difficult. And probably they should have tested this out much better than they are, they actually have. I'll tell you what's foolproof. Getting a box office performance each time Max and Lewis go up next to each other. Oh, yes. Because that's what happened. You know, turn one, two complex, the Senna S's. Max said, hey, there are multiple lines through this corner. I will try and go on the outside. Lewis gives me more space. And uh, Max had the audacity to walk out and say, it probably cost him a race win, but I got only five seconds of a time penalty at a race which I was anyway very slow at. So Max and Lewis, I don't think this battle is ever going to settle. And not that I'm taking sides. I do believe Lewis had to leave him a little more space than he did. But uh, isn't this great for uh, television? Isn't this great for Formula One that come what may, these two going up against each other, you never know what to expect and to me that was great i mean lewis of course you know finishing p2 very excited for the team scoring a 1-2 which is where i got a fantastic stat to read out courtesy of mr f1 stats guru so three teams have scored a 1-2 race result this year ferrari red bull and now mercedes and it's only the first time since 2010 that we've had three teams score a 1-2 race finish and lewis of course was down in sixth place after all of that and then still, you know, recovered to finish second, just showing just how much pace uh, sort of uh, Mercedes uh, had through the whole weekend. And, you know, there were 62 on-track passes that were made. This was the most since the 2016 Brazilian Grand Prix as well. I don't remember 2016 uh, because there have been so many epic races, uh, you know, after that. But uh, another stat, courtesy again, stats guru himself, whenever Mercedes has locked out the front row in Brazil, which is 2014, 15, 16, and 22, they have always finished 1-2 in the race and in the same order. Kunal, do you really not remember 2016 Brazil? The wet race, Verstappen yeah. overtaking Rosberg on the outside after the Senna SS? Do you not remember that? Really? <laughs> 
my memory is so blank that i have already forgotten what has happened in miami this year for example apart from the fake swimming pool <laughs> i remember the banter remember i remember only the banter and the politics and the rumors and the controversies which you guys will apparently see us not apparently you guys will see us relive when we do the post season inside line f1 parody awards which is coming after i think 10 days after abu dhabi or something but we'll put yeah. a date out yes Yeah, yeah, it's, but, it's but fine on, when it's we using. Yeah, I was saying, but on the point of Mercedes, you know, taking yet another one to there was actually two things I was actually looking forward to this this weekend, and that was of course seeing George Russell win, but not just because of him being in P one. The other thing is that back in twenty nineteen, when England won England won the World Cup, uh, the one day World Cup on that same day, there was yet another British driver who who won the British Grand Prix, and. after england won the t20 world cup yesterday i was hoping i was rooting for yet another british driver to win the brazilian grand prix and we did get that lo and behold it was ben stokes who hit the winning runs once again for england yes. so interesting enough uh also uh, that raises a question in my mind technically even a t20 match is a one day match but hey that's something to talk about on a cricket podcast not the f1 podcast over here but just a word on lewis hamilton before we end it must have been really gutting for him to finish second but it didn't quite seem like it i think if anything he's really learned how to be very gracious in defeat over the over the last couple of years the old lewis hamilton might have been crying about it might have been a cry baby might have been really aggressive in the interviews but the way he's matured as a person has been interesting to see and i suppose just on a more serious note about the whole controversy i hope that max can be able to do something similar as well because this just there's not set a good precedent i don't know if max cares or not most probably he doesn't really care about it but Yeah, I think being a better person to your teammates is probably a good prerequisite for being a very good Formula One driver, no kidding. If nothing, just being a good teammate. It all depends, you know. I mean, we love these kind of characters. We love Max Verstappen, honest, straightforward. You almost know that he is never going to give up track position or swap places. Uh, you know, he's always going to put himself first. Red Bull are used to such drivers. They've dealt with Vettel before. Uh and remember, I mean, who you know now we love sebastian fettel for who he is you know very uh, very statesman like you know very he 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 was willing to give up one point to lance stroll which he did and you know after the race he said the least you could have done is given me my point back right so of course there is still that urge in him but maybe this is that whole uh, you know philosophy and i'm getting all philosophical without a beer in my hand but it's you know once you have enough money at least in your mind you are probably more uh you know generous with it you donate a little more so maybe that's what happened in the case of fettel because fettel did this multi 21 thing and of course these two are not comparable in my view but you know fettel uh was what was at his ruthless best at red bull as well uh we are seeing max at his ruthless best if max goes on to win 3 4 5 15 whatever number of titles maybe along the way he'll realize i've had enough and i've had enough with the support of a team and a teammate and maybe i can give up you know this one point or one win or one whatever for the teammate because we saw you know if if michael schumacher could give up a win at at indianapolis for rubens barrichello this was after a lot of times he took the win away from barrichello could you know case in point being all those races in austria which which we've seen so it's probably just a matter of uh, you know when when max will grow up and mature enough by himself to feel yeah you know i've won enough i have scored enough i have enough maybe i can give this one away that's probably when it's going to happen and it's not for us to say when he should do that or if he should do that at all 
but it is for us to keep talking about it and keep the controversy open because hey what are we going to do between abu dhabi and you know preseason testing next year maybe uh, feel sad about latifi not being there but no on a serious note sundaram it's inconsequential right because the championship has been won well of course and 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 continuing to kunal's point over there where he says that vettel has reached that place in life where you know he's a little bit little bit more chill i would really like to see fernando alonso reach that that state of mind you know that attaining you know peace where someone crashes into him or overtakes him and he says silly boys you can do that i'm totally chill with this that'll be very very funny to see but yeah um, i'm really hoping i can get to see that one day <laughs> Yeah, I'm really sad though because this time next week we'll be talking about Fernando's last race with his best friend Esteban Ocon and <laughs> yeah, among many other things. I I I really can wait for Abu Dhabi. I wanted to go on for longer. I don't want the season to end. I want it to end, but I don't want this sort of banter and all the controversy to end as well. But folks, we'll be back with more of this for the final preview of the final race of the season. So Wait, does that mean we're going to have two previews for the final race of the season? Whatever. We're going to have the Abu Dhabi GP preview coming in rather soon this time next week. But Sundaram, what are you looking forward to the most for it? I am not actually looking forward to the race in a way. I w- I would love to Ooh. see this season end I can actually go and relax a little, but I'm not I'm really not ready to see Sebastian Vettel go and I wouldn't think people would remember it as the season finale. People would probably call it Sebastian Vettel's farewell. And there's going to be a lot of teary-eyed people uh, next weekend. definitely you please don't forget that there was mr gotifi as well who's going to have his last race of the season which begs you know i have to ask the question it's going to blow up on social media you guys probably know what the question is but who are you going to vote for the driver of the day is it fatal is it latifi and wait a minute there is news that haas is going to announce hulkenberg within 24 hours of releasing this episode so are you going to vote for mick schumacher and maybe we could just have a joint one between Vettel Schumacher given their whole bromance and this could very well be the farewell race of four drivers you've probably missed Daniel Ricardo as well there's no certainty of where he's going to be next year if he's going to be back in formula 1 as well but it could be Daniel Ricardo as well you know what let's actually decide who we're going to vote for in the preview episode that's going to come up in a couple of days but folks thanks for listening to this particular episode and what are your thoughts on this entire controversy that we've got right now Let us know by reaching out to us on social media by checking out the links on our description in our description yeah still whatever yeah point is that you can reach out to us by checking out the links down below and if you did enjoy us as Kunal has mentioned give us a good rating even if you didn't enjoy us well just give us a good rating as well what's the worst that can possibly happen and thanks for listening in we shall be back with the brazilian gp preview in a couple of days but till then let's just keep on wondering why did max tell what he did what a controversy what a crazy weekend goodbye <laughs>